Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Let me call y'all the Amen Brothers, you know. Can I get an amen? That that is kind of fun. I've never done that myself either. So I can I get an amen? Amen. It's kind of fun. All right, it it is. (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you what, I just want to give thanks, uh, just some issue, some thanks to several of you who volunteered this weekend with our project day uh, and to help get things set up, the building freshen up, make some repairs and do some decorations and so so actually, Rebecca and me and Josh kind of got started on Friday, and then on Saturday, we had Hunter and DJ, Medora, and Josh, and Andrea, and Bud, and Bonnie, and Anthony, and Ari, and Lindsay, and Jake, and even Nico, along with Darius, and Ian, and Kevin, and Luis, and Amber, and Adriana, and TJ, and Zion came out and spent the day on Saturday. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Thank you for serving in your church. God bless you for taking care of God's house. Well, I want you to go ahead and get your Bibles and your notes out. And open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Matthew 7, 24. After you find that, hold your place there and then flip over to James 1, 22. James 1, 22. We're going to look at those two scriptures at least. I'll do a little bit more than that, but you definitely, I want you to have both of those marked and ready to go. We'll start with 7, 24 in just a second. And while you're finding that, I'll let you know, uh, Tim at 12 continues every Wednesday at noon and then on demand after that. And, uh, and I'm in a series called Finish Well. And, and this week, I'm going to be talking about nine declarations to unlock your future, which will help you to stay on track and to keep you from just dropping off and dropping everything and forgetting everything. So nine declarations to unlock your future this Wednesday at Noon. Also, while you're while you continue to look that up, I uh, I just want to let you know that we had a miracle happen this past week. If you were here in church last Sunday, you you were with us when we stretched our hands out toward the image of a little baby that was in the neonatal intensive care unit at our hospital here, just right up the road at Cooks. And uh, and I I'll just be candid with you. It was there. There were a lot of things to be very, very concerned about with uh, with with this delivery and and um, but one thing I didn't share with you last week and I but I did share it with Thomas and Kristen is is when I walked into that room I was all by myself in the in the intensive care room there with the baby and uh, the uh, nurses would just kind of dash in and out and and I I just I took just a moment to lay my hands on this little boy, Forrest. And when I did, like his legs started kicking. I mean, he was just, his legs were kicking. <laughs> and I just, I started to laugh. And I just imagined this little boy is going to be running throughout our building. And, and, uh, and, and, and I, I felt this overwhelming sense of peace that was in the room. I'll tell you, peace was in that room. I, t- I told Thomas, I said, I, I just feel peace in that room. He said, I know, I feel the same thing. I said, God's up to something. Well, if you don't remember the details or didn't know the details, when he was born, uh, about just, just right out about 10 days ago, he was, uh, when he was delivered, he was not breathing. 
and, uh, and he was in a desperate situation. His body had started uh, convulsing, and there was a lack of oxygen. They immediately had to take him over to the intensive care, and he stayed in there for over a week. Um, we needed a miracle because the concern was that there was going to be brain damage because of the lack of oxygen. And thank God, <laughs> uh, they, they, his, his, their, there was brain swelling that was involved, and so they had to spend days just trying to help his brain to, to, to unswell. I don't know what the right word is for that, but, but for it to go back to its normal size and for his brain to begin to heal. And, and then they did the MRI, and we prayed for that this last week, did an MRI, and they said there was absolutely no no brain damage from the, from the lack of oxygen. That was a miracle. That was a miracle. And, and so then, but when they did the MRI, they said, but wait, there's something else that we see. They said that there was a spot of blood uh, at the edge of his brain, which could have been, it was uh, some type of a stroke or something. And, uh, and they were going to have to do a couple more MRIs to figure out what was going on there. Is his brain bleeding? Is what, what's, what's going to be done here. So they did the other MRIs, and thank God. So we prayed, and the elders praying, and others were praying in the church. And, and, uh, and miracle, the, 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 the blood is actually superficial right on the exterior. His brain is not bleeding. His brain is whole and intact. There are no longer, uh, there, there are no longer any more seizures. There are no longer any problems. He's breathing on his own. He's just acting like a normal baby. He's feeding, he's eating, he's happy, and he's crying, and he's doing diapers. And so we are so excited. And so all of this, we were thrilled around midweek, and they said, yeah, but you know, because of everything, the baby probably won't be out of the hospital until maybe we're praying that maybe around Thanksgiving. Well, do you know who got released from the hospital yesterday? Little Forrest Stocker was released from the hospital. So I just give praise to God for that. I give praise to God for that miracle. I do. You guys know what that's like, believing for a miracle with a baby. And it's just good to see another miracle take place because he's going to be running around this place with all these other crazy kids here in a few, few months, oh, maybe a few years, but definitely that'll, that'll be the case. So I'm excited for that. Thank God. Thank you for your prayers. And I thank God because we serve a God of miracles. Even when the doctors don't know how this thing's going to turn out, God intervenes. And I do believe God intervened. All right. Well, today's message is entitled On the Rock. On the Rock. I was out on some trails uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and I, I was on this one trail that was actually formerly used as a pedestrian and a bike trail, formerly because something had happened to it during the last rain, during the last storm. And it, it showed that this trail was not very well planned. And uh, I stood there and I just stared at it for a moment, like in absolute wonder. I, I, I stopped there and I, I shot this little video. You see, because what happened here is a storm came the water rose, and the trail collapsed. And as I was standing there, I, I felt God saying, I want you to preach about this. And I said, about the trail? <laughs> I want you to preach about this. I, I felt it strong. The message that I had originally planned for today, I, I, I scrapped it, and, 
And, and I felt God, as I was standing right there, right there at that spot, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me. He said, some people are hanging around me and some people are hearing sermons, but I don't know them. And their lives are in danger of collapsing. Warn them. So today is a message of encouragement, but it's also a message of warning. This is a message about the life of Jesus and the goodness that is really there through Jesus and his word. As I walked on past that spot, it made me think about some of the images that I had seen from the Outer Banks in North Carolina. You know, there's a hurricane that went through there a couple weeks ago, and there are these majestic beach homes that that were once symbols of people's pride and joy just sliding into the ocean, uh, destroyed and devastated. And you know, many beach beachgoers, which I, I love the beach, grew up around the beach, and I would go to South Padre Island and see those houses like that, saying, oh, I sure would love to live in one of those or have one of those now I know better. But you, many people, of course, looked at things like this and dreamed, how wonderful it would be to live on the beach in such amazing homes. But now the condition of those homes almost seem to shame the owners. They almost seem to shame the builders. Because why? They built on sand. Just like the little trail was built on. So many lives around us are like this as well. See, in today's world, there are a lot of people who may even call themselves Christians, but they're not building their lives upon the Word of God. And, and instead, a lot of people are building their lives upon the latest self-help quotes that come from uh, YouTube or TikTok or, or Instagram or wherever. Twitter, I don't know. But that stuff is not going to establish you as a strong person. See, the question is, what are you going to do when a life hurricane comes your way and just begins to hammer away at your life? What are you going to do? What will it look like for you? Well, Jesus fortunately illustrated this for us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, where I asked you to open your Bibles. Uh, he was preaching to a large crowd of, of followers. At this time, uh, the, these people were following Jesus because they loved his teaching and they, they were enthralled by it. So, so they, they, they loved the experience. Now, please understand, the people that were listening to Jesus say this were not pagans. These were not people that, that didn't want to have anything to do with God or the teachings from the, the church at that time. No, these were people who were following Jesus, listening to his teachings. Now, listen to what he says in Matthew seven twenty four. He says, therefore... Anyone, important words here, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great 
crash. Now, it's interesting because Luke, uh, Luke, one of the other authors of the New Testament, he talks about this parable as well. I'm not going to take time to read the, the parallel version of it. But when you look at both of those, you, I, I, I see a very clear imagery of this wise builder and this foolish builder. So the wise builder, what he did is he invested his time. He put his heart into to this, this construction. He invested his resources and he dug deep so that he could find a foundation on the bedrock. So he was able to do that. And so then when the flood came, and I, I like what it's, the way it says, it didn't say if, it says when, because we understand that those things happen in life. When the flood came and the torrent struck, it it literally didn't even shake the house. The house wasn't even shaking, and that's amazing. Now, there's the foolish person who sloppily built this, let's just call it a gorgeous uh, beach house, but he didn't build it on a solid foundation. He built it on sand. And so when the storm came, again, it's not an if, it's a when. When the storm came, it collapsed. So what does the house represent? Well, the house actually represents your life in every way. It represents your mental health and your spiritual health. It represents your relational health, your stability. It represents your future. It represents your impact. And, and the rain and the flooding, what does that represent? Well, it, it definitely represents these uh, inevitable storms in life. They are going to happen. And, and they are things that are like th these problems that just come out of nowhere wow, how did that hit me? And again, these things happen to every single person. And there are two different methods of building your life. You can build your life on the rock, which according to these passages, is where a person comes to Jesus, listens and hears the words of God, and then puts the words into practice. That's how to live on the rock. And the result, again, is stability when things go crazy, because things will go crazy. And the other one is when you're building your life really on the ever-shifting sands of culture. Any of you who have been around for, oh, let's say 20 years or longer, you have seen the culture shift and shift and shift. And a lot of people are building their lives on the shifting sand of the culture. Well, this is the new cool thing to do. This is the new cool thing to not do. This is the new thing to say. This is the new way to act. And the culture keeps feeding you all of this garbage, and it is a shifting sand, and it is very dangerous. And that's why I, 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 I want to warn you about leaning into the culture for your, at, for, your, uh, for your ways of life and for how you're going to establish your life. See, the person who builds their life on the ever-shifting culture, it says they come to the Lord. Yeah, they, they come to Jesus. They even hear his words. So they hear the preaching and they, they hear the word of God, but they do not put it into practice. It's just data going in one ear and out the other. And the inevitable outcome is the life of that person falls apart, and everything is in shambles, and something even worse, which I'm going to share a little bit later in this message. So what Jesus is saying is that when the inevitable storms of life come, then these, these trials of life, they can have a crippling effect upon your life. But they can also be weathered and they can be resisted if you'll simply take the teachings of the Word of God and you begin to do what you're learning, do what's coming into your heart and your life. What are some of these storms that hit you in life? Well, they can be like false accusations. They can be grief, sorrow, maybe a loss of a friend, the loss of a job, lean financial times, physical challenges. It could be uh, dealing with rejection or 
undue stress and how are you going to cope with that? Well, hear me well. You can remain solid and you can remain strong. Now, we are entering into right now the holiday season. I love this time of year. It's, it is my favorite time of year, except for the colder weather. I still wish it was summer outside, but that's why, you know, I could celebrate Christmas in Australia, and I'd be just, just fine right now. But, but the, the holiday season, it's a time, and it's a, it's a season of, of uh, really increased emotional strain. It really is. What happens is, during this season, there will be memories that will be triggered by, uh, by music. Memories triggered by even the weather or the falling leaves, the, the symbols, the lights, the parties, the, the holiday meals, the interaction with family or maybe not having interaction with family. And so all of these things can begin to trigger you. And you can find yourself just really, just really trying to figure out what is my next step here? I don't like where I am. I don't like what, what's going on with me. Well, this is where you've got to apply the words of Jesus Christ, and, and this is where you've got to... Actually, that came up a little bit early, but I'll talk about it in a second. Just leave it up there. We'll just look at... This is where you begin to, to, to make sure that your life is well-grounded. Since you guys are all paying attention to that, all right, let's just take a look at that. That is you. That's you. Don't, don't you... Actually, that's my artwork. Now, I, I, will, I will say right up front here... As I was trying to figure out how I was going to put this together, I don't call on a bunch of graphic artists to pull together some of the coolest and neatest stuff. I just like to do it myself. So any of you guys who know me, you know that I just create my own stuff. So here's my own stuff. And uh, that's you. That's you. That's me. See, you got, got some little spiky hair there, and, and you're smiling, going along your way. And, but, but, I, but I do want to draw your attention to some, some things. So you've, you have really three main parts here. You have the head big happy head, all right? And then you have the body, which really, I, I just kind of make it your heart. And then you have these feet and legs. So those are the important elements of what I'm going to be talking with you about today. Now, your head is your intellect. This is, this is where you process data. But your heart, this is, these are your feelings. These are your emotions. This is where you, you process things. And your hands and your feet is actually how you get things done. Now, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Everyone who hears these words of mine kind of gives us a little bit of an idea of where we're going here. Because that's what Jesus said. So, again, if you hang around church, if you, if you read the Word of God, if you're hanging around the Word of God... You are like the people who went out to hear Jesus. So you make an effort. You actually go out today to learn about Jesus and to, to hear what he has to say. You're going to his meetings, which will, will be reflected here in this next picture. So take a look at this one. So this is where you hear the word. So it goes into your mind. It bounces around in your head. You're given uh, information on simply how to live life as a Christian. And I don't want it just to be information, but at this point, that's all it is. It's how to live life as a Christian and how to serve God. And that's really the start of it all. This is the first step towards stability. You've got to get around the Word, and you've got to hear the Word. But there is a danger the danger is simply letting the word bounce around in there and then go right back out of your ears. See, so you Matthew 7, 24, I'll take you back to it. We just read it. It says, everyone who hears these words of mine, that important word is hears, hears. That is a key word there. Now, in our language, 
in the English language, what does it mean to hear something? Well, it's defined this way, to perceive or become aware of a sound. So it's to perceive or like, oh, I hear a sound. Okay, well, that's nice. That is, that's part of our culture, though. There's, there's just noise all around. And in our culture of overstimulation, noise just is, is congruent with the culture. It's, it's everywhere. So that's why so much bounces in and out, and we filter, we filter out the vast majority of what's coming into our ears. So that word here in our language really doesn't work well, but there's no way for them to translate it into our language well, so they just, that's why the English version of the Bible just simply says, hears. But the word hear, as it originally meant when Jesus spoke it, means this. It means not deaf, to consider, to understand. It means to learn and to comprehend and to attend to. So this is what that means. So Jesus wasn't just saying, whoever gets sound in their ears. No, he says, whoever's not deaf. Now, that's the the first part of it. But whoever takes these words in and considers them, understands them, even learns them, and comprehends them, and attends to them, then then you're moving forward into this uh, plan that God has for you to establish your life on a rock. So let's take a look at the next little image. Uh, my little next little image. So next you absorb the word. Now I know the B on absorb, the second B looks weird because I actually wrote a D there and I realized I had to make a B out of it. So I'll just expose my, my, my yeah, I, I'm not an artist and I don't do these things well, but this is my stuff. So what you're taking is you're taking the word of God from your head and you're letting it go into your heart. You are absorbing it. You're ruminating on it. You're engaging with it. You're discussing it with some other people. You're taking some notes on it. And, and, and please don't do like you did just to pass a college course. Okay, I'm going to get this information in my head for a test, and then I'm going to forget about it. Because I know with a lot of, you know, with a lot of college stuff, it's that way. This is not a college test. This is about getting it into your heart so you process it. You think about it. You talk about it. It becomes like part of you. So Matthew 7, 24 says this, going back to our main scripture, everyone who hears these words of mine, and then there's the and. And is a conjunction. So there's another thing you've got to do. Someone who puts them into practice. So there's more. So it's not just going into your ears, but it's going into your ears and into your heart where you absorb it and it becomes part of you. And then bam, here's the final picture. It's you begin to do the word. You like those pink hands and those pink feet there? So that's doing the word. That's what it means when you're out there doing it. Some of y'all are making fun of my artwork already, but that is, that, that is how, how you walk, right? You know, like, like that. So, so this, is what you, this is the goal right here. So you take action, hear me, based upon what you hear and what you feel, and you become a doer of the word. You're a doer of the word. Now, I want you to flip over to James chapter 1, verse 22. I asked you to turn there at the beginning, find two passages. Here's that second passage, James 1, 22. This, this whole thing of doing the word of God is a major theme that's in the New Testament. And James, Jesus' brother, he spoke about this also. Let's take a look what he says. This is good. He says, do not merely listen to the word, okay? And so deceive yourselves. So that means don't just put it in your head and then deceive yourself. 
do what it says. Anyone who, oh, this is, this is good. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and completely forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, that's into the word of God, that's the scriptures, and continues in it, doesn't mean glancing at a Bible scripture, and, but this means it becomes part of your life. You are continuing in it. You get that? You are continuing in the word of God. It says they will be what? Blessed. They will be what? Blessed in all that they do. Not just some of the things you do. You will be blessed in all that you do when you take the word of God, look at it, let it become part of you. You are in it. You become blessed in all that you do. This is, this is another way of describing the illustration that Jesus Christ gave to us. So he's really telling us to follow the same steps that Jesus did. His brother just has a different way of saying it. He's like, I'm going to say this a little different than my bro, big bro Jesus did. So, so he says, I'm, you got to hear, you have to absorb, and you have to do. This is what it means to build your life on the rock. But I love the fact that James uses an additional term describing the outcome in our lives when we actually do that, and you will be blessed. Blessed in what you do. All right. So here's where we are so far. So you're blessed when you hear and absorb and do. You're, you're actually blessed. So therefore, I'm, I'm encouraging you. I'm strongly encouraging you. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I just wanted to grab hold of you and say, build your life on the rock. Take God's word and integrate it into your life and get ready for major life change, new stability. Watch how blessing will begin to follow you in your life. And you will be prepared for the inevitable storms that are coming in your life because they will come. You don't see them now, but they will come. Now, we're going to look back at Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. This is a, I'm doing a little bit of a Bible study here today. Do you mind us studying the Bible? No, I knew you didn't. Okay, so let's go. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, because this goes a lot deeper than most people realize. See, I, I've always said this. You can never make a scripture mean what it never meant. All right, you've heard me say that many times. Should, so, so you shouldn't do that. In fact, someone who does that, they're not rightly dividing the word of truth. You always make sure that it means what it meant. So, so we, we go back here to the scripture, but you'll notice there's a key word at the beginning. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, hold on, therefore, do you see that is a key word which says Jesus had been saying something before that that we've got to take a look at, which is part of the grander picture here. That's a transition word, but he's saying something else came first. And it's interesting because in Luke's account, we see the same thing. We see the same thing. So let's unlock the deeper meaning of this passage about the wise and the foolish uh, builders. So in order to do so, we've got to move up to verse 21. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Just go up just a little bit. Now, from both accounts, and I'm talking about what I see in Luke as well as in Matthew, what we see is that a lot of people had been coming around following Jesus, and they were calling him Lord, Lord. They were using a name. It's like double Lord. That meant like, like you know, you are 
It, it, it just didn't mean Lord, not just one time, but Lord, Lord. That man means you have power and you have authority. You have ownership on a double level than anyone else. So they were saying that to Jesus. They were saying, calling him Lord, 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 Lord. And that's a term that we use quite often as believers. But these followers, these people coming to his rallies, they were saying that. So now look at verse 21. He says the same thing in Luke, but just look here. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is in the same context of what I just read. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Drive out demons in your name? And perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, these are some of the most sobering words in the Bible, I never knew you. I, I, I never knew you. I, I, I never knew you. And then something even more startling, away from me, you evildoers. That means workers of lawlessness. And then he goes on to say, therefore... Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice like the wise man who built on the wall. So, so this all goes together. This is one complete thought. Now, when I was a little child, we used to sing this, this song in Sunday school. Our kids probably sing it too. And it's, it's a fine song about, about the wise man built his house upon, the wise man built his house upon the rock and the house on the rock stood firm and the rains came down, the floods came up. That's a really good illustration uh, that, that song, sometimes we build our theology off the songs and not off the Bible. The song is good, but it's not great because it just says build your life on Jesus. Well, the, 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 added, the thoughts there is like, okay, well, Jesus is the rock. Well, yeah, he is, but I'm just going to build my life on him. No, actually what the Bible is saying is you take the words that Jesus has said, you take the word of God, and you put it into your heart and your mind, and you start doing it. That is what builds your life on the rock. I, just think about that. Look at that, Matthew seven twenty three. I never knew you. There's a very similar uh, phraseology that's used in the, uh, in the story of the ten virgins that were, that were there at the wedding, which is Jesus saying this is what it's going to be like at the end of the age upon his return, and that five were foolish, five were wise, and the five foolish ones, they didn't have oil, they didn't, and which represents the Holy Spirit. They didn't have any of this. And Jesus said, I, the, the, Jesus, which would have been the master of the home, just says, I, I don't know who you are. I, I don't know you. Really, Throughout the Bible, when we see this, God is saying there are people that think they're following God or acting like they're following God, but God doesn't acknowledge them as his follower. In fact, God is saying, you're a spiritual stranger to me. Judas. Judas was a guy who hung around with Jesus in the flesh. He walked with him, talked with him. He was one of the 12 disciples for two and a half years. He heard all of his teachings. I mean, Judas was, 
was casting out demons with all the rest of them. He was working miracles. He was doing all of these incredible things, but he was driven by his love for money, is what the Bible tells us, rather than his love for Jesus. And he was excluded at the end, and he literally lost his mind and went crazy and hanged himself and destroyed his own life, just like the foolish builder. When things got crazy, he spun out of control. That is a perfect illustration of what Jesus is talking about here. Interestingly enough, Judas would have been there when Jesus was giving this teaching some two years earlier. So hearing, absorbing, and then doing the word of God does a whole lot more than just establishing your life on a solid foundation. It also means that you'll be blessed according to James, and it implies that this is how God knows you. This is how God knows you. In fact, it has eternal implications. So how are you going to be known? How are you going to be blessed by God? Three things. Again, you hear, you absorb, and you do. You hear, you absorb, you do. All three of those, you've got to do them. Take take a look at that old picture again, that that last one. Pop it up there for me. There it is. You're going to hear the word. You're going to absorb the word. You're going to do the word. You want your life to be built on a rock, right? You want to be blessed, right? You want God to know you, right? Then do this. Just just do this. Make this your lifestyle. And I'm pleading with you, please do this. Please do this. Please do this. And I want to ask you a hard question. I don't know whether it's you in this room or someone who's watching online, but does God know you? Does God know? Does he really know you? Does he know you? Have you set your life up in a way where God actually knows you? I think that's a question we should be asking. There's a scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to put it up on the screens for you. But, but I want you to listen to this because this is another parallel scripture to all these others. Again, it's a major theme of the New Testament. It says, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. You see that? The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord, again, Lord, Lord, all right, must turn away from wickedness. It's not an option. It's a must. Now, he goes on to say this. This is interesting. It's a little bit of a, uh, uh, there's a little bit of cultural stuff we have to sort through here. But, He uses these next words. It's important. He says, in a large house, so that could be, uh, that word house there is oikos, so it could mean, it doesn't necessarily mean a house itself, but it could mean, it means a network of friends, a household. It could mean a church. It could be a congregation. It could mean, you know, any grouping of people. But he's saying, in a large grouping of people who have some type of common affinity, There are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, the gold and silver, and some for common use, which is the wood and clay. Now, here's a key key line. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. So what he's saying is, yeah, you need to take some action to cleanse yourself. 
cleanse yourself. That means you're going to cleanse yourself. You're going to do certain things. You're going to take action on yourself. You're going to build that foundation on a rock. You're going to build it. it you have to take action. You have to take action on your own when you leave here. If you leave here not doing anything different than you did when you came in, then you might be one of these people that's in danger. I don't know because I'm not the judge. I'm called of God to simply preach the word. God settles it all later. And he speaks to you through your conscience. He speaks to you through the word. He speaks to you through dreams. He speaks to you in the quiet place of your day. He speaks to you constantly. If you just tune him in, you're going to hear what he's having to say about this. It's interesting because there in 2 Timothy, he goes on to explain some of the things that you need to cleanse yourself from. He, he says it like this, about you need to flee your evil desires of youth. You need to pursue righteousness. You need to pursue faith, love, and peace. You need to not engage in foolish and stupid arguments. I love that. That is in the Bible. That is in the Bible. That's actually, because that's referred to all through that chapter, but, but it's referring to arguments about churchy things or about things that people say and didn't say or what the preacher said and didn't say, and all those kinds of things. A good way of, of interpreting this today is do not be arguing about um, which version of the Bible is the true and only one that you should use. Don't be arguing about foolish things like, like that, that really don't matter in the big picture. Don't be arguing about those things. That's worthless. It's called stupid arguments, <laughs> stupid religious arguments. And he says, don't be resentful. These are some of the practical applications that Paul gave Timothy right there. And you got to cleanse yourself from this stuff. And you're responsible for building your life on the rock. You, and so are you going to have the solid foundation of hearing and absorbing and doing what God says or you're, going, or you're going to neglect it for your own path that will inevitably lead to some type of destruction much like that pathway I showed you earlier. So are you building your life on the rock? Are you? Remember, James said, if you are, then you are going to be blessed. You'll be blessed when you build your life on the rock. Jesus, he said, he, he, he referred to this also as well. And I love how the scriptures come together and paint this beautiful picture. Because whether you knew it or not, this little sermon where Jesus gave this illustration... You know what he started it off with? He started it off with something that we call the Beatitudes. And in many versions of the, Bi versions of the Bible, it says, you're blessed when you do this. You're blessed when you do that. You're blessed, blessed, blessed. I want you just to listen to these words that Jesus started this sermon off with. Because this is our goal. In fact, if you can do these things... You're building your life on the rock. You're blessed. God knows you. Listen to this. It's from Matthew chapter 5. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. He says, what happiness comes to you when you feel your spiritual poverty? For yours is heaven's kingdom. What delight comes to you when you wait upon the Lord? For you will find what you long for. What blessing comes to you when gentleness lives in you? You're going to inherit the earth. How enriched you are when you crave righteousness. You will be satisfied. How blessed you are when you demonstrate tender 
mercy. For tender mercy will be demonstrated back to you. What bliss you will experience when your heart is pure. For then your eyes will be open to see more and more of God. How joyful you are when you make peace. For then you will be recognized as a true child of God. How enriched you are when persecuted for doing what is right. For then you will experience the realm of heaven's kingdom. That was a precursor to Jesus saying all of this other stuff. You are blessed when you take God's word and you start doing it. I want you to make this personal right now. I mean, how, how are you going to build your life on the rock? Well, you're going to hear, you're going to absorb, and you're going to do. You need to take some action. Take action. Years ago, I used to provide printed notes for people to take their, their sermon notes on. And I quit doing that after things became more electronic and all that because people just, you know, they didn't need them anymore. But at the very bottom of every one of those papers that I'd used for years and years and years, I had this scripture from the book of James that was written from the message version of the Bible. And I want you to take this. Because I always had this at the very, very end of the notes. Because there's got to be a take-home. And here it is. It says, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. And here are the critical words. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in a mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are, what they look like. Okay. So act on what you hear. What are you going to do with what I share today? I don't know, but you do. Because God has been nudging you on something. There was very likely something that I said that, that touched your heart in a unique way. And that wasn't through my planning. It was through God's amazing method of taking the, what, what the Bible calls the foolishness of preaching, and he customizes it for you. God spoke to you. He is speaking to you. So what is God saying for you to do? What is God telling you to do? Quiet yourself before the Lord. Listen to God and respond to him right now. Just, just talk to God in your own way. God, I'm going to take action on this. What is it specifically? What is it specifically? What are you going to do with the word that God gave you today? You may even need to write it down. What are you going to do with what God just told you? nobody looking around right now I want to ask if there's anyone in this room who is not in relationship with Jesus anyone who's not serving the Lord and if you're here this morning and that's your condition I want you to make the decision right now that you're going to ask God to forgive you turn from your sin serve him because God will wash all of your sin away as if you have never sinned. That's the beauty of salvation. It's a miracle that we can't even understand or comprehend. But it will feel like you're breathing fresh air again. 
feel like a million pounds have been, has been lifted off your shoulders. That's the power of salvation. Well, the Lord wants to bring that to you today. If you're here and that's, that's you today, you need Jesus. I'm gonna count to three in just a second. I'm just gonna go one, two, three. When I do, just lift your hand up so that I can see your hand because I wanna connect my faith with yours. And then we're going to pray together. You're gonna make the choice to receive Jesus into your life. So if that's you, would you lift your hand at the count of three? One, two, three, lift it up for me. Lift it up. Today's the day to give your life to Jesus. No more playing around with the past. Thank you. For those of you who lifted your hands, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Mean it from the bottom of your heart. Church, I want you to pray these words as well. And I want you to do it as an encouragement to those who are giving their life to Christ. And if you're watching online, be sure and tell one of the moderators that you just gave your life to Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for new life in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.